I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, over Friday, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old buddy, at Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? Love the intro, but I do have a bone to pick with you, bud. Oh Jesus, what now? Well, I'm listening back to the podcast because obviously I have to check back, make sure you've know you've you've lowered levels, made my, made my voice sound all soulful and <laughs> sexy and all the rest of Wait, it. Come on, and then and then you put my balls up on the beginning of the podcast before it even gets started. <laughs> well, come What's on. that about? I, I trust you to edit that thing, make me look good, <laughs> and there you are putting my mistakes out there. Well, in, in fairness, I do edit out some of the pretty gnarly stuff <laughs> yeah like all, all the honest mistakes where you know we say Brett Favre instead of Aaron Rodgers not the usual like Donald Driver's gonna have a big game you know stuff like that I, I edit that sort of kind of stuff out if only if only uh, yeah sorry about that but the thing is is that these are all little nuggets and there's so many of these nuggets that people don't hear because do you know what I kind of amazed myself on the last one I right? just to give myself a bit of a pat on the back remember I was suffering from man flu I don't know how you put up with it the fact that I was hacking a lung up every 10 seconds but when you listen back to the podcast pristine pristine and i even say on it i've coughed about 15 times and when i was listening back editing it then i was listening back in the morning I took all the coughs out yeah I, yeah and I, was, I was thinking jesus that, that's that's kind of like voodoo magic but here we go i'm sorry about that rhino see this is the thing this is really there's nothing wrong with him he just wants the sympathy vote he's he's basically his story you know the the x factor thing before they get oh, up yeah. there or if it's american idol if you live listening mm. over in the states They've always got a story, haven't they? Nobody can go on that thing and just be like, well, well, yes, uh, I worked one day, just uh, thought, you know, don't mind singing, so thought I'd come along. No, everyone's got to have, you know, well, somebody <laughs> somebody died and somebody said to me on their deathbed, it'd be be my dream to see you get up there and sing Aqua's Barbie Girl in front of everybody. And, <laughs> you know, come on. So that's his sub story. He just wants you to believe he's sick every week, so, you get, so you're rooting for him. No, do you know what, do you know what that show i reckon what they do is they just send the producers and all that down to a hospital somewhere and they just hang out outside the morgue and say someone die yeah my dad perfect absolutely great do you like uh, james uh, arthur impossible by any chance yeah, yeah. ridiculous can, can you hold a note <laughs> as they sob you know they wait to hear the cries like ah. yeah he can hold a good note a good cry note there We've got off topic again. Look, this this podcast, it's like every week it's kind of bonus time. You know what I mean? It's like when you win or you find 50 quid on the street. As an econom- you know, as an economist like myself, I'd be looking at it saying, you have 50 euro, you have 50 euro now. You have to be responsible. That, that wealth is yours. But everyone just looks at that 50 quid like, screw it, we found it. It's like I never had it. Let's just blow it on some mad stuff. That's the way the playoffs is, is being for us. No one really gave us a chance, did they, Ryan? We thought that the luck would run out. We ended up waxing the Giants. We're happy about that. Odell looked like a bit of a threat. Um, you know, we're losing cornerbacks like Bejesus the whole season and more so in the game before that game. Then we go to the Cowboys, everybody written us off, and then we go and wax them. I'm going to say wax. Why not? So now we have the Falcons, and people are saying that we're up against it again. But what they do forget is, is that we won this game in the regular season for 59 minutes, and we blew our load on the last one when Sanu came down with that ball when he shouldn't have in that blown coverage. So do you think that there's any comparison between a regular season game and this game? Like, we know there's some obvious dynamics here, but do you think that the regular season matchup even matters at this point? 
Uh, to an extent, yeah, because I believe that against Atlanta, you started to see some of the signs. And I know I, I spoke about it at the time. We've seen some of the signs of things, some very good flashes, but in in sort of in between quite a lot of bad. But I kind of feel like in that game, we we showed a bit of fight. We had a bit of determination and we, we showed bits. Now, the only problem is when you look at the team back then, there was more than just... Uh, Eddie Lacey out with an injury. There was more than just, um, you know, having players injured here and there. It's we we were pretty decimated. We were at a time where the offense just wasn't clicking. The defense was, um, I think that was a point we had been okay and started to fall away. Very very different team to now. So yes, there are things we can look at because you can certainly look at some of the things they did against us, some of the coverages they did against us. You know, it, they'll do something different, obviously, because they want to bring something new in, but most of that's going to be the same stuff. Um, I don't know that I'd put too much in the, in, in the score. Like you said, we did pretty well against them for most of that game. I think the biggest thing this will come down to this time round is which players can we get on the field and can we keep them on there for 60 minutes? Yeah, it does come down to injuries and, you know, there, there's people injured and there's people playing hurt. Particularly Julio Jones, uh, who, you know, has been ranked as the top receiver uh, this season by most people. And they're saying that, you know, he offers this sort of nightmarish matchup for anybody because I always imagine him to be small. But then you see him and you're like, you know, number 11 is a big dude. You know, he's a weapon, but he has been carrying a knock. And I think that injuries at this point are nullified by effort almost you know these lads are coming back on we've seen Devontae Adams get rolled over we saw Bakhtiari go out and both of those players came back on but we've seen them in practice this week as being limited now I think that's tactical by the Packers I think they're leaving them out deliberately to get one squeeze one bit of a juice out of them because I don't know Ryan if there's any player you know on this planet in any type of sport who when balls to the wall came down to it would walk off during a playoff game you know and not want to be a part of it like we seen Ronaldo uh, during the European Championships that time he had to go off but he was still you know hobbling up and down the sideline shouting at his players that's how much it meant arguably why he got the balloon door so on the injury front are you expecting Adams and Bakhtiari and maybe Nelson to suit up? I think you'll find that they'll all be suited up and the reason being exactly what you said this is Let's hope not. But potentially, this is the last game of the season. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't you throw everything in there? If you get out there and you, you, you get in there for one play, you get hit and you're out, then at least you got in there and you tried. You know, And those players are all going to have that type of mentality where they're going to go out there and they're going to play. So I think we see them. Um, ones are obviously important for me. Jordy Nelson, we proved last week we can play without him. So... I still see him being, even if he comes back, he's going to be limited, I would think. Um, Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison are probably, at this point, I would think quite likely to play. Um, that Mike McCarthy's come out, hasn't he, in his press conference and said, if this was regular season games, none of them would be playing. Now, I don't yeah. know how much of that is truth or how much of that is trying to get in the heads of Atlanta that might suddenly now start thinking, oh, you know, that the three out of their top four receivers are not, are not going to play in this game. So I don't really know. The difficulty of this is as well, when we record this podcast, we've got Wednesday's injury report and Thursday's injury report comes out about when we're in our bed and fast asleep. So mm. by the time people listen to this, there might be there might be different news and that's not because we're not up with it. It's just it's not out yet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But 
yeah, for me, I think you'll see all three of them suited. I think you'll see all three of them play. How much they can play is going to going to be down to, I guess, their resolve as, as warriors on the field. And not only that, but a lot of luck because especially for Jordy Nelson's injury, it's only going to take one big hit back in that area and that's going to be a hell of a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, now, the only thing is when you're looking at that, we've got the other receivers now. So... Randall Cobb's obviously good to go, I'm guessing, and it's looked good in recent weeks, so we're good there. And then the other guys, Jeff Janis, who, remember, didn't play a, an offensive snap last week, did he? Mm. And then Trevor Davis, who has featured very, very seldom times this season, isn't he? Yeah. So it's a worry for me. And then on the practice squad, I know there are there are a couple of receivers down there, um, I think including Christian McCaffrey's brother, who we've picked up at some point, but probably none of these guys ready to come in onto the team. So that's what system is. Well, if there's been no, no, I guess, roster moves by this point and this week, then maybe you're going to look at these guys at all playing. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, these players are untested, but it was at this point in the season, last season, that some of these players made a name for themselves, particularly Jeff Janis. You know, like he, he burst on the scene, came down with some just ridiculous Hail Mary plays, some long... <laughs> long plays um, against the Cardinals. So it does come down to injuries, who's going to step up and who's going to replace them. But that also applies on the Atlanta side of the ball because this game, as we said before, is going to be an offensive shootout. And if you look at the secondaries of both teams, you know, they've both been hit with injury and both been decimated with injury. Now, all the, you know, all the experts are sort of predicting that the Packers out of the four teams left have the worst secondary uh, because of injury. You know, so we've had Demaryius Randall in there and Quinton Rollins, who've, you know, really struggled over late. Um, so they've surrendered 15 touchdowns between them um, this this season. Um, and, uh, you know, the Packers compared last season, there was four between them. So, you know, they have struggled and they haven't been able to step up. But similarly, the, the Atlanta Falcons here are without cornerback Desmond Trufant. I mean, he's he was a revelation. And when he went down, I mean, this cornerback unit can really be exposed. You know, they have Alfred in there who's allowed seven touchdowns in the regular season. Um, and then they have a rookie, Neil, who's come in at safety and he's done an okay job. I mean, he hasn't been, he's not going to be the guy to pick out and say he's the weakest link. Uh, but certainly he's going to be someone that Aaron Rodgers can capitalize. So I was just going to jump in there. Keanu Neal, that you've mentioned, uh, is actually on their injury report as well this week. We're limited in practice. So if he's a guy that you could potentially pick on and he's carrying an injury, you've probably got an even better shot. Yeah, exactly. And look, if there's one quarterback that's going to do it, it's Aaron Rodgers. Again, if you know, from all this, the prep that we do for the podcast and reading around what experts are saying, now you can't always put stock into them because, you know, with the radio slot of a Saturday, they always ask me to to pull up, you know, predict who's going to win, which is the worst thing because to, to a bunch of paddies, they always want to know how to make a quick book off a bet. And it's very hard to do. And I picked against uh, the Chiefs and I picked the Steelers to win. Uh, in that game and then I picked obviously the Packers to beat the Cowboys which was against the experts so how much stock you can put into some of these stuff um, you know maybe not a whole lot but what really strikes me about the Falcons in general Ryan is that it's not all sometimes about the players that they have it's how they scheme to make those players be better than they are it's the Packers are very good at it also I mean by using Jared Cook in ways to drag defenders away to get a lesser known name like Geronimo Allison that catch in the end zone. You know, I mean, it all comes down to how you scheme it because if you look at Matt Ryan and how prolific he's been this season and 
like who is Matt Ryan? You know, this is a guy who who exploded on the scene. I think he's been in the league now eight years. He had the moniker of Matty Ice for being cool under pressure. Last season, he was close to what he's doing this season, but they were losing the close games instead of winning them, whereas this time they're winning close games. But also, I mean, Julio Jones is, is a perfect example that he's, an, he's a dynamite player, but they're so very clever at scheming him open. I think Matt Ryan has thrown to about a dozen different receivers. If you look at their uh, running back group, Coleman and Freeman, these two guys, I was looking at the last game and I think that they had, you know, an average carry of 2.9 yards. And I was like, what are people banging on about? They're the best one-two punch in the NFL. But they're so dynamic in the way that they catch the ball as re- as well as a receiver. So not only do they scheme these receivers open, they have a, a good one-two punch. Because usually, Ryan, doesn't a running back by committee doesn't really work, right? I mean, we've seen it kind of with Green Bay that maybe it's just that it's the game plan that they've drawn up but we haven't really got Ty Montgomery and Kristen Michael running like I think they're capable of running and really taking people to task because we raised it on a a podcast a while ago that Kristen Michael was a more direct runner out of the Marshawn Lynch School of Hard Knocks and then you have Ty Montgomery who has that cleverness that quickness that patience to make a cut and get the opportunistic yards I mean these are two players that you can use in very different scenarios here and we haven't sort of had the same success as Atlanta so Are you scared of Matt Ryan here? Because he does seem to be able to pick out whatever target is actually open versus going to his favourite receivers, which we've even seen Aaron Rodgers be guilty of. So Matt Ryan, you know, the real McCoy or not the real McCoy? Yeah, Matt Ryan is is definitely one of the more quality quarterbacks um, in the NFL. And he has the ability as well to get the ball around and really share the ball around, much like Aaron Rodgers, much like a Tom Brady. They can share the ball around any player on the field. The two running backs you've mentioned, I think one of the keys to beating that and certainly our run defense in trying try to combat it is going to rate heavily on whether Morgan Bennett is playing. Mm. Um, now, we said that at the minute he seems to be limited in practice as well. I think he will be a key to stopping them. The, the thing that, does, that worries me, I think it's like you said here, I've got a feeling on this one is that Matt Ryan and his receivers are very good. Julio Jones will be playing, and even if he's catching a knock, uh, catching a knock, even if he's carrying a knock, sorry, he's still going to be an effective player. Mohamed Sanu, when we played them regular season, destroyed us. Yeah. To my memory. And then they've got these two fantastic running backs as well to throw in there as well. Okay. But can we hold them up? Can our defense do our thing? Obviously, we've been kind of doing good bits all season and doing a lot of bad bits. And it's basically, if I, if I was going to look at the game, I think you're absolutely right. It's a shootout. It's offense versus offense. And it's who seems to score the most points at the end. Now, I saw a stat today when I was watching NFL Network. These teams are both have, have a ridiculous win rate when they score first in a game. Yeah. And it could almost be whoever gets that first score, they can continue to keep scoring on every drive, whether it be three or seven on every drive. That would be the team that wins. And it really... It will come down to something, but it's just going to be pure offense and then come down to maybe that one team that can secure the one turnover or or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be a highly, highly scoring game. It's going to be incredibly close. This is a really, really tough one to call, obviously, in my heart. And I I want the Packers to do it. I think they will do it. Um, But this is probably going to be our toughest game so far. I'm more worried about these guys than I was about Dallas. 
Yeah, because I think what happens is is that the more you take the play away from the individual players, the, the less you depend on individual brilliance and the more you depend on a scheme, I think the more successful you're set up to be. We see that in New England. Tom Brady suspended for four games. On comes Jimmy Garoppolo, does really well, gets injured. On comes their third stringer, Brissett, and he goes and waxes the Texans 27-0. That's because the scheme at which they were working in was a Bill Belichick scheme and he had everything covered and he always focuses on do your job. And I feel that that's what we're up against here with the Atlanta Falcons. I think that between Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, like you said, Taylor Gabriel has been a really pleasant surprise for them also. Um, you know, he, it was seen that his career was pretty much over. I think it was with the Browns and then he came across and they, they picked him up and he kind of got his season kickstarted against us when he when he carved us up for a big play. You know, and then their tight ends, who we've been historically bad at covering at times, Austin Hooper. I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, he's had two of his best graded games of the season in recent weeks. And, you know, he's working his way back into this offense and he could potentially have a big game. So they've got an awful lot of weapons on offense, but they also have a scheme to be able to use those weapons. I think where the Packers are at a disadvantage, where it has been an advantage up to now, is that they've depended on Aaron Rodgers' brilliance. And that brilliance of one player to get them out of a hole. Because if you look at that play at the end of the Dallas game, and I love all the stories that have come out about it now, where he hit Cook with that play, they said on that two-minute drill, A-Rod literally was like he was drawing you know, the plays out in the sand. They have certain things that they can go to. Uh, Mike McCarthy called it a menu. So they pick off this menu, what they want to use. So Aaron Rodgers at the start, you know, went to roll out right, went to hit Cook with that, and then that didn't work. So he said, screw it, let's roll out left. So he knew that he was going to have to be running for his life to stop uh, the Dallas defense from getting to him. And to make the play that he did, and I don't know if the listeners or yourself have heard the story that they've done, done this exact play in practice a couple of weeks ago and uh, Cook came down with the ball on the sideline fallen to the ground the same play fell out and they picked up the yardage but when, when they went back and looked at it in tape study because they knew it was an amazing amazing play they looked at it one of his feet were out just barely was it out and they they ribbed him for ages over it saying ah you couldn't get your feet in what are you doing and to make the play that he did was just individual brilliance between Cook and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers engineering that play to say to Cook, get to the sideline, make the play this time, you know? So yeah. I think that's the difference maker in this game. And I think what can disrupt somebody where they're trying to scheme is, is that if you completely throw something at them that they're not expecting, that screws their scheme. Because if you focus on, because we all know, and we've all seen footage on America's game where before the Super Bowl, you'll have the Patriots in a conference room in a hotel with all the chairs cleared out and they will already have their first, maybe some people have their, some teams have their first drive laid out already. But if you screw them over on that drive because of a fumble and you knock them out of kilter, they can't scheme the way they thought they were going to scheme. If you scheme well and everybody operates within their op, you know, modus operandi, they all do what they're supposed to do. Nobody fumbles, nobody throws an interception well then you can safely scheme for the rest of the game and it doesn't get out of hand. I think what we need in this game is is a big play from the Packers, a big stop on D early, because we know that they give up big plays, but maybe they can stop them early with a big defensive play, maybe a dynamite special teams play, or maybe we force a fumble out of them or something like that, right? I think the difference in this game will be exactly like you say, get that sort of early sting, early venom into the opponent 
and then have something that kind of wins players because and i'd say this lastly is is that they said it on the around the nfl podcast where greg rosenthal was at the cowboys game and he said that when aaron Rodgers made that play to jared cook he said it was the oddest sensation and feeling and audible around the stadium that you could actually hear the air being sucked out of the cowboys fans lungs you could hear a collective stadium of fans go Ugh, after it, he made that thing and he said it was the oddest sound he's ever heard in his life and that's what we need <laughs> is we need that sort of we need that chest sucking deflating yeah. moment momentum swing to happen early in this game and I think we'll have them on the back foot and we'll take them absolutely yeah agreed I think let's face it and I think it goes down with what you're saying there to try and disrupt the other team so their plans out the window and then they have to readjust and I mm. think adjustments is probably one of the key words for this Packers season. Yeah. Well, I'll take you back into that point where we were four and six in the season and we were saying, and a lot of the people getting in contact with the UK Packers on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram and on the show, they were all saying there's a lack of adjustment. Something's not working and we continue to barrel on trying to do the same thing, but it's not working. There's no adjustment. Then after the four and six and the run the table statement, yeah, we obviously made adjustments, big adjustments, and we changed the way um, in which we played. You remember we were talking about how cool it was to see the Packers run a read option play because you didn't, we, we hadn't seen that before in the green and gold colours this season and they came up with something different. Then you start to see Morgan Burnett on defence and he's not now in the safety position but he's dropping down to sort of a, is it a nickelback? Is it a, a position somewhere between a, you know, the safety and the linebacker? Is it, you know, there was all this, there was adjustments. Then of course, adjustments for injuries. So big players were, were going down with big injuries mm-hmm. and we were having to make adjustments with personnel and people have to come in and learn and do things. I mean, we got players like uh, is it Herb Waiters that came in in the secondary. Yeah, Herb Waters, yeah. There's another adjustment, another another big adjustment this season. So he, he's a, he, I think he's a receiver coming out of college. Yeah. We bring him into the Packers. We say, okay, maybe not, but we'll give you a go at cornerback. He then leaves the team, comes back on the practice squad. Now he's on the playing roster as a cornerback. You know, this whole season has been adjustment, adjustment, adjustment. And it's why, do you know what? If we go into this game uh, and we're missing any of Devontae or Morgan Burnett or Geronimo Allison, Jordy Nelson, whoever, I kind of believe that we're probably now the most equipped team in this playoffs to deal with anything that's thrown at us to be able to make those necessary adjustments because we've been doing it all year and we'll be able to deal with it and find a way in which to still win a football game. And I think the Atlanta Falcons are there for the taking. If you look at the opponents that they lost to this season, they lost to the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Chargers and the Bucks. The Bucks, no explanation for that. Chargers, no explanation for that. Because the Chargers put up 33 points on them and Philip Rivers can score... Uh, but then they were getting waxed in the in the fourth quarter of every game and then they come back and beat the Falcons. The Bucks was the first game of the season and I think all the like I have a good mate who's an Atlanta fan and he was, you know, texting me after that game saying, Oh, here we go again, it's just a follow on from from last season. But you know, to get bet by the Seahawks in a close game, twenty six twenty four, in week six, I mean we smashed the Seahawks thirty eight ten. And that goes to show you that we we really put it up to them. Now maybe the fact that Earl Thomas, I don't believe, had been injured at that stage. And, it, you know, it was at the Seahawks as well, which is pretty difficult to go into. I don't know if you can read a lot into that game. Um, but certainly, you know, when it comes down to the the Eagles loss, they lost 24-15 to the Eagles, 
which again is, is someone that we took to task 27-13. So we've beaten the teams and we've beaten them comprehensively that they've lost to. So, and do you know what? And let me just say this based on no stats whatsoever. Matt <laughs> Ryan, right? Matt Ryan's going to win the MVP. I think, you know, critics and voters feel that they have to give it to him. Um, the fact that it should be going to A-Rod, you know, based on what he's done, but they'll give it to Matt Ryan because voting ended at the end of the regular season. So it seemed like a fairy tale for Aaron Rodgers, but people aren't going to acknowledge him for it when I think that they should. So they're going to give it to Matt Ryan. I don't think there's any doubt there. I think that they'll go and give Dak Prescott or, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, they'll give them one of the rookie honours. They won't give them the full honour of MVP. So they'll give Matt Ryan the MVP. He's had a passer rating all season of something ridiculous like 117. It's 117 or 107. It's one or the other. Either way, you're breaking 100 for the whole season, which is very Aaron Rodgers. 117 right now, yeah. Yeah, 117 for the whole season, including the postseason. Had one of the best games that he's had. Because, look, he's to shake the monkey off his back here when it comes to the playoffs. He's seen so much devastation and lost all of that. I think when he came in, especially back as far as 2010 when they thought they were going to go the whole hog, and they didn't. And then the fans thought, you know, I think that's when my mate started really getting behind the team. You'd expect them to go to the playoffs every year. They didn't. You'd expect them to go to the Super Bowl within that period. You know, and I just think this game is set up for a massive disappointment for Atlanta solely because it's going so well and that's the way the cookie crumbles with all of this if you look at that and I know you've raised it in the last few weeks right about the Packers making a 15 and 1 run then getting smashed out of it you know against the Giants in the in the first playoff run see after the bye week that's what happens if you have a lot of hope and your fan base is really willing you to win you will lose and you'll lose bad and I think that's what's going to happen to the Falcons for no other reason than that's just what Murphy's Law Murphy's Law is real do you know what, do you know what? I love this so you're angry last week and today you've based a whole argument on no stats you, you're essentially turning into me <laughs> backing <laughs> up with stats I'm gonna, yeah I'm going to have to somehow pull some stats out of the bag now for my next statement and guess what I don't have any but do you know what Mike Daniels we know you're listening hi Mike alright Mike um, please the best thing we can do here, and, and look, take this with some jest, people, okay? I'm not really this mean. But if Mike Daniels wanted to somehow knock Matt Ryan out of the game, I love the look of their rookie, their, uh, their backup quarterback, Matt Sharp. That would be nice to have a playoff game against Atlanta with Matt Sharp at quarterback. That would be fantastic. So, for me, off the text, please. <laughs> Uh, we just want to we want to put in a disclaimer the UK Packers don't wish for any injuries to current roster players but do you know what I want to see I want to see Nick Perry have a big game and I want to see him stumble forward with that grin on his face and I want him to stroke his club like a Bond villain someone sent this in the uh, the gif of that and I just I, I honestly stop what I'm doing throughout the day go on to Twitter and regularly watch that gif because I don't think there's anything funnier he did it before against the Lions apparently because the, the same guy I'll have to find his name and, and give him some credit here hold on um, this, you know he did it against the Lions and it wasn't as hilarious because he added kind of a stumble forward look of kind of I don't know what it is just go back and look at it look at the look at the play that he makes uh, I think it's the it's the knockdown, isn't it, Ryan? He doesn't get it. Is that after the sack, or does he do that after he gets that I knockdown? I thought it was after the knockdown. Yeah, if I'm honest. And um, it's interesting that you should enjoy watching a man stroke his club. So. <laughs> hey, it's a it's a new tradition in my household. Some people say that uh, they spent their lives growing up stroking their their club. But yeah, it was Ike, so it was at House Wilkinson. 
uh, just brilliant just absolutely amazing if you want to send us in that or uh, we have to get that put on the t-shirt or something well while we're on that should we take a look at twitter because there's a number of people getting in touch with us giving us their thoughts so i'm sure people heard enough of me and you talking right, let's, <laughs> let's do it let's do it of course they haven't they love us talking <laughs> by the way i'm not drinking this week are you not saying. or is it just out of sight out of mind i think you're probably doing know, all your drinking before here. there's nothing here so all i had today was a uh, coke zero and actually so. do you know what do you know what's really taken off people keep sending us uh where to buy wicked Wicked Iron Brew. I mean, that's being tweeted at us more than anything I, else now. I'm gonna gonna have to get one. We're gonna have to get <laughs> one for London. I'll drink them in the park. Half time of the game. That's what I'll be having for my half time drink. So, we got uh, John Meerdink here, a long time, long time follower. It uh, says he is confident as can be. Rogers is on fire, and the defense isn't any different than it's been all year. K Sarah Sarah. <laughs> Whatever like will be, will be. Come on, Ryan, I'll finish her off. See, I, I, only, I only know the next line is, we're going to Wembley. But of course, that's not the words, is it? <laughs> hey, that's a good song for this season, man. Uh, yeah, so we've loads of people. Dan Abbott says, basically, uh, any nerves that there can be, he'll be feeling it on Sunday. Absolutely. I mean, I honest to God had palpitations when it came to that Mason Crosby uh, field goal. I really did. Uh, the nerves are unbelievable. The sweating... Uh, I don't know, was anybody out there tempted not to look at that field goal? I know, Ryan, that you were involuntarily subjected to that type of behaviour when your game pass clapped out. But uh, did you find that that was better for you or would you have preferred to watch it? Uh, I don't know. I suppose I was completely distracted by it. Yeah, I didn't have to go through it, which was nice. And I think then when I saw it on the replay to see how most of its journey, it looks like it's missing. I think I'm quite glad that I just found out with one. Because <laughs> that, that was painful. But... Um, Okay, uh, Sam Mendoza at MendyGK. And the reason I will read your Twitter handle out is because I think hopefully some people are going to tweet you and give you a bit more confidence in this because he says he trusts his team, but he feels this may be a step too far. Regardless, it's been an amazing season, so let's enjoy Sunday. So I, I agree with that. Whatever happens now, rest of the season, it has been an amazing season in the end. Mm. They have turned it around and we have seen big performances. So I, I, I agree with that. I don't believe it's a step too far. Yeah, I don't think it's a step too far either. I think, as I just said, I mean, I think Maddie Maddie Ryan's, you know, tipped for a loss. And especially because it was like when we lost the NFC Championship game and we would have been up against the Patriots, you know, and we bet them in the regular season. And I know you might have sort of said, oh, well, Bill Belichick's not going to lose twice to the same team in that season. He's going to be well prepared for the Super Bowl. But I really thought that was our best chance as of late. And this is a... This is a way for us to go and wax a team who thinks that they deserve to get there over us. And as well as that, you know what? We're hosting the party for Gridiron Magazine down in Bloomsbury Lanes. And it's only right and fitting that for this year, when we've reached the pinnacle of hosting this party, that the Packers are in it. It's only right. Too right. And I'll tell you what, it was so painful being there a few years back when we should have beat the Seahawks and we didn't. And then we had to watch the Seahawks. And... The only saving grace in that whole sh- in that whole thing was Malcolm Butler. So Malcolm Butler, I thank you. Yeah, shout out to Malcolm. We know he listens. What's up, Mark? Hello, Mark. So, look, we got one here, uh, to- uh, Tony, who says, nervous but expectant. He's calling 75-plus points in the game with a pack to take it by six, hmm. which is quite confident call. We've already said it's going to be a massive score fest, this one, so it is going to be a high-scoring affair. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, somebody wants us to do a score prediction. Nope. <laughs> nope, no way. We know better than that. Okay. okay, I'll do one. 50. Oh, what should we say? I can't even do multiples of seven up to 50. No. I don't even know if that works. What would it be like? 51? Not a great know. moment for you, Ryan. Not a great moment, not, buddy. Not the best. No. This is why I struggle so much with darts. I can throw them okay, but can I add up? No. No. But that's the, what's yeah. the point? Can I subtract? No. No. <laughs> you can just add add points. But yeah, I don't. I hate that whole score prediction thing. I really can't. Um, because the thing is, you will quote a score that can only be uh, achieved with a safety or something like that, and then people are going to start ribbing you over it. No, I, I think it's going to be probably. I don't know, it, yeah, 30s. I think both teams will score in the 30s. I don't think it's going to go any higher than that. Um, but I could be wrong. I think, I don't know, if the Packers are leading at the end by a touchdown, I reckon we just plant another one on them and we could get up around 39 to 42. Yeah, true. Got Let's any more? Um, yeah, I suppose we should uh, read out... Let me go back down to it here. This is some great radio. Yeah. Uh, at jsteed85 <laughs> says that uh, it's destiny that he agrees with Ryan and reckons that our secondary is going to have Matt Ryan's number and that they're going to get three picks and a strip sack I don't know if you said that Ryan but if you did you're mental <laughs> I didn't say that I said the last one we would get two interceptions mm-hmm. yeah maybe what do you know I what? think he means maybe what he means is we're going to have Matt Ryan's number not my number Oh, that's what I said, Matt Ryan, yeah. I, I made that oh, distinction. Yeah, in his tweet, he oh, doesn't. Okay. <laughs> he thinks you're playing backup quarterback for the Falcons. Say, when, I read, when, I read it, when I read it first, I'm thinking, why, what, what, why, why my number? What would I Look, okay, I think that's, that's probably it for tweets, but two things that you've mentioned there. Um, the gridiron party. Guys, if you have not got your tickets yet, please get on and get them. Please let us know that you've booked them because what we want to do is when we get to the club obviously we're going early doors because we have to meet with all you know that you know high up type people that prime time meets <laughs> prime on a time. daily basis oh, yeah. and i'll just i'll just have my tie done up to the top and try not to say anything silly <laughs> we've got me or these people we're going to get there early what we have got the pleasure of doing because we have gone pretty much every every year to this party we can reserve seats and an area for all the uk packers guys so we're together so get your tickets early because they are limited um, that's not a selling gimmick. Obviously, the club is only a certain size, and there are yeah. only so many uh, NFL parties in London. Ten pounds to get in. Mm-hmm. Free beer. Yep. Free copy of the magazine. Um, I'm also told I think there's going to be competitions, which essentially will be free to enter, just for the fact that you're at that place. Yep. Um, there's going to be a whole thing going on. There's, there's big screens everywhere. It's all different American beers, and not your Budweisers, your Millers, and your Causes. You get all kinds of beers from from like state type beers. Yeah, so you're getting stuff from down in Texas. You're getting stuff from up north. You're getting all these great places to go get drunk. So it really is. It really is a good party. Get down there, get tickets. Yeah, and- I think we've tweeted about loads, haven't we? Yeah, and to, to mention it as well, it isn't the sales gimmick because what we had when we went here, we didn't go there last year, um, which was a mistake, to be honest. And we went there two years ago and that's where we're going back this year. And we've been asked to host it. So, it's, you know, it's going to be mega is that when we did go the last time, it is a ticketed event. Uh, they could do tickets at the door, but they usually don't. And the reason that they don't is, is because when people nail down who's in the Super Bowl and decide whether they want to go or not, there's a massive surge in ticket uh, purchases. So what you need to do is is get your tickets nice and early because 
you cannot arrive at the door and get your ticket just assume that for now because if even if there are tickets there's going to be a very very limited number and they sell out quickly because we had a number of people that came to the flag and they said where you're heading after and we said can't believe you don't know we're heading to bloomsbury lanes and they rocked up and couldn't get in so they had to go elsewhere and this place is absolutely jam-packed full of diehard nfl fans you get the posers and they're fun to laugh at too we saw a guy the last time walking around with like a kansas city chiefs top or a ravens top with a patriots hat you know something like that yep. so they're great you do see those there there's plenty of do you remember the tim tebow guy that i seriously had to ask to leave me alone yeah what did he keep saying yeah. to you that Tim Tim Tebow was better than Aaron Rodgers? Or this is what course? what he said. This was, I think, I'm trying to remember now. Is it the season after they that he had his playoff win? Yeah, against the Steelers. It was quite a way back, wasn't it? Yeah. So this dude's coming up to me telling me that Tebow will be known for being the best quarterback that the NFL has ever seen. And at first, I just went, "Yeah, of course he will, mate. Yeah, love him." And then he carried on. And he said, yeah, but you don't believe me. Tim Tebow's got everything to make it as a quarterback in this league. And I was good. look, mate, if that's your opinion, fine. It went on and on. And then it finally went quiet as I realized I turned around and the poor chap at about half past two in the morning has had too many sherbets and he has fell asleep. <laughs> and it was the best thing that happened all night, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, slanderific. Yeah, it does. It gets pretty mental. But at the end of the night, if you're any way of the drinking type and you're around all of us, you're probably going to be in bad shape so it's a good night and the other thing uh, ryan that we want to mention number two which i'm pretty sure you were going to bring up there is our the exciting opportunity to get our limited edition uk packers tea yeah so loved loved the discussion and banter on how i got the logo so wrong i think i think has that been decided now that i was wrong um are we do we want to release to the people the process behind the design and uh, how there was a there was a differing opinion on how <laughs> and how all that went or are we just got to There was it? and essentially what happened was everybody told me I was wrong therefore Steve's right so he won 1-0 and we've now got a design. <laughs> but do you know what it's all for the better. Yeah. So we have a design what we have done uh, and I have got pictures so what we'll do is shortly after we uh, come off air I'll, I'll try and tweet some pictures of it. We have the final design down. But what we need to do is we need to get people to basically sign up, pre-order them, um, because we have to buy them in a bulk, don't mm. we? Yep. And by buying them in a bulk uh, up front, because I can't remember the minimum order quantities and all that sort of technical stuff. So if we can get them done up, up front, and then we can order them all together in your size, and then we will send them out to everybody. Um, I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, and it's going to be a limited run. I mean, when this T-shirt's up it's up we're not going to sell anymore so it's a limited run but what we are doing is is that yeah we can post it to you no problem as to what we do with our other t-shirts but if you're coming down to the party in london just let us know uh, when you place your order and what we can do is is that i can pack them in my shamrock suitcase and uh, we can get them to you with no delivery charge and that way you save yourself a few bob if you're coming anyway and it'll be cool because you can wear them on the night and we can represent so like Ryan says, Ryan's going to be working away in the background. He's the, the IT tech guy. He's going to be squirreling away, getting all that stuff set up. And uh, it's a handsome looking T-shirt. Uh, myself and Ryan are going to buy one um, and just make sure that you send us an email. We'll be sending out a newsletter shortly as well about it. You can reply to the newsletter and basically pre-order and pay. And then what we can do is, is that we can get all these printed up, sent out, or we'll meet you in London with them. But that's all for the podcast today. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. 
Um, if you did like it, we're on iTunes and it's the best way to get us because you get a notification anytime you post a podcast. And on top of that, we are nearing the off season. There's maximum two games left. Um, so what we do is throughout the off season, we will be doing uh, still a Packers podcast. We're going to reduce it to one podcast a week, not unless popular demand means that we're going to do it for two. And we're kind of blow that open you know we're going to have a draft special uh, we're going to have a training camp special and also the thing that we do is throughout the off season is we have a really really successful uh podcast it's the uk packers history podcast it's on the same stream on itunes as all the rest of them and on soundcloud so hit up itunes and just search uk space packers and you can find all the stuff there scroll down and we do it by year so you can get volume i think we got up to volume eight so from you know volume one to eight and it brings us up right before the brett Favre era and we're going to be doing more exciting history podcasts in the off season as well but definitely if you want to know the history of your packers from the very start all the way up to brett Favre, which you probably already know about brett Favre and onwards search uk packers on itunes or find us on soundcloud and also we really do appreciate every review that you leave on itunes bang us a five star give us a review i'll tell you what give us a review with the word sex in it and that'd be really great i think we get a good kick out of that if you can get the word sex into your podcast you get a free shot in london so from myself <laughs> at steve nfl on twitter from the group at uk packers and from me old buddy me old pal at ryan peacock nfl it's goodbye for now goodbye